0: Hi, I'm Regina Boyd, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist and Licensed Mental Health Counselor, and your host of the Connecting Out Loud podcast. Here we talk about connections with our families as they relate to our mental health and Catholic faith, all while connecting you with those you love the most. Thanks for joining me for this episode. Let's dive in. Hey guys, I am so excited about today's episode. I have a very special conversation with Father Timothy Gallagher. And I am so excited about this because I have been a fan of the Discernment of Spirits for a very long time. I often recommend either reading it or listening to a podcast about it uh, to my clients because I feel like there is so much overlap between uh, mental health and some of the experiences we have mentally and our spiritual life. And I feel like there's so much to learn from St. Ignatius's Discernment of Spirits and in a particular way, the way... Um, Father Gallagher has communicated that to us in his writing. So when I found out that he wrote a book for married couples called The Discernment of Spirits in Marriage, I was ecstatic when I found out this book was coming out. By the way, you can go find it through Sophia Institute Press. But it brings this wisdom of Ignatian spirituality, um, the understanding of Discernment of Spirits, particularly for married couples, discernment for husbands and wives. And so I can't wait to share this with you. I feel like this is going to be so impactful for so many couples. And um, to let you know more about Father Gallagher, he was ordained in 1979. He's a member of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, a religious community dedicated to retreats and spiritual formation, according to the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius. He has a doctorate degree from the Gregorian University and has taught in multiple seminaries. He assisted in formation work and has served two terms as provincial in his own community. He has dedicated many years to an extensive, International Ministry of Retreats, Spiritual Direction, and Teaching about the Spiritual Life. He is frequently on EWTN and has digitally recorded talks that are utilized internationally. He has written eight books on Ignatian Discernment and Prayer, and a biography on Venerable Bruno Lentieri, and a book on the Liturgy of the Hours. So he currently holds the St. Ignatius Chair for Spiritual Formation at St. John Vianney Theological Seminary in Denver, and I am just so honored and privileged to be able to have this opportunity to speak to him. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher, thank you so much for being
1: here. Well, thank you for having me here.
0: Uh, If before we get started, I'm really excited to have you and to jump in. Would you mind opening us with a quick prayer?
1: Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, we bless you and praise you for the infinite love you hold for us. And we ask you for hearts wide open to receive the love, the light, the clarity, the freshness, the hope that we so much need. We ask that you bless us as we speak and as we listen and make this time fruitful. Mary, with willing hearts we entrust to you this time we spend. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you. So, um, if you'll allow me, uh, I would love for you to talk about um, the discernment of spirits and what the discernment of spirits is. I'm so excited about this new book that you just released, "Discernment of Spirits in Marriage: um, Ignatian uh, Wisdom for Husbands and Wives." And, uh, but first, I'm, I'm going to try to impress you a little bit. I'm going to see. I'm going to let you know. <laughs> um, So my understanding of discernment of spirits is uh, that it comes from St. Ignatius and it's talking about the spiritual life. How can we understand when are those moments when we're being guided by the Holy Spirit and when are those times when the enemy might be communicating with us and moments is consolation, desolation and how should we respond based on those points in our spiritual life. Um, in a nutshell, anyways, that's, I know there's a lot more to that, but um, <laughs> what would you say discernment of spirits is? What what do you usually say when you teach people about that?
1: That's a pretty good summary. And everything okay. you've said is, uh, you know, really fundamental and absolutely on target. So I'll just amplify a little bit on that. I think a way of considering it, and, and the reason why we might want to be interested in this is because Discernment of Spirits is really about, as you suggest, its daily spiritual experience and the ups and downs in it. And we all know with just a very little reflection that there are times when we feel God's closeness, his warmth, his love, prayer is alive. We look forward to um, being at mass or involved in church. Scripture is alive. We look forward to new steps in living our vocations of marriage or priesthood, religious life, the single condition, whatever it is. And then if we're honest, we'll also recognize uh, that there are times when, and for reasons we often don't seem, don't understand, that just the bottom seems to drop out of that energy. And then at such times, it's hard to even want to pray. And if I may say it reverently, maybe we don't pray or we're not really happy with the quality of our prayer. The energy for those new steps is missing. Um, it can be a kind of discouragement. We can consider just pulling back Well, these ups and downs are going on all the time in the spiritual life and you named them with ignatius title spiritual consolation and spiritual desolation now ignatius is not the only one who describes this kind of daily up and down experience but nobody else in our catholic spiritual tradition has described it with the same clarity and usability and he distills it in terms of our present topic into 14 short essential guidelines which he calls rules or understanding this experience, experience and knowing how to respond to it, uh, which makes all the difference in the spiritual life. So that's really what we mean by um, living the discerning life, living discernment of spirits in daily life. It's navigating these ups and downs, understanding them, and knowing how to respond to them.
0: Beautiful. And you, you had already written a book about uh, discernment of spirits and how to navigate that and use those use that in our daily life. So what, what, what made you decide to write one specifically for married couples? What's different about this new book versus the other one?
1: Well, at this point, I've written quite a number of them. That's true. um, (laughs) I'll I'll just refer to the first one, which I think is the one you had in mind. It's called the Determinant of Spirits and Ignatian Guide for Everyday Living. And that's a systematic book. Uh, It is, I hope, quite readable, but it's it's a systematic phrase-by-phrase exploration of Ignatius' 14 rules. So it's kind of a foundational sort of book. What this new book does is to take that wisdom and distill it into the situation of husbands and wives. And I think it's really important to do that. As far as I know, this is the first time that's been done in written form like this because so many of us, the majority of us, uh, are living our vocations uh, as husbands and wives. And we're going through all these ups and downs. Individually, the wife does, the husband does. But of course, what's happening in each one is impacting the other as well, and the the children and the family. So to provide um, a short, and I hope very readable, presentation of these 14 rules or guidelines specifically applied to marriage, it seemed to me really long overdue. And that's what I tried to do in this book.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Um, The parts that I've read of this new book, I I really do notice a difference with the readability. And um, just I really was pulled in with the examples. I love how you stayed with one couple throughout the book. And just that kind of made me want to keep turning the pages, you know, what, what's going to happen next with Mark and Ann? What's, what are they going to do? Um, and I, I, you know, now as you're speaking, as you're explaining it, that makes a lot of sense of um, I wouldn't have articulated that way until you said it about their individual experiences and how that impacts their relationship as a couple. And um, it's just really nice to have those clear examples to know how that might be happening in my own marital relationship. Um, so that's kind of what I've gotten from it so far. So yeah, I I really appreciate that.
1: Well, if the book achieves its purpose, what it's really doing through the story of Mark and Anne, Mark and Anne are really a distillation of 40 plus years of working with married couples. And, um, if the book is successful, what it's really doing is holding up through Mark and Anne's individual experiences and their interactions about these experiences, a mirror to what actually happens as husbands and wives live their individual spiritual lives and relate to each other and living their married vocation. Um, so that as we're reading, for example, um, Mark at uh, 10 o'clock after a discouraging day at work and... Um, some tensions at home and sits at his desk. And normally he prays for about 10 minutes or so as the day's ending, but now has no desire to do it. And there's the smartphone and it'd be easy to slip into that in a way that Ignatius would call low and earthly. And he's uh, struggling uh, with all of this. So as we portray Mark in that struggle, this, by the way, is an experience of spiritual desolation. I think we can all recognize it as I describe it in our different situations, and vocations, but it's a common enough experience. No shame in experiencing it, but what matters is precisely to understand it and how to respond to it. So what's happening, I hope, in the book is that as we go through Mark and Ann's experiences, we're really saying, you know what? That rings bells. I've been there, and now I see more clearly what was going on, and I see more clearly how to respond to it. If that happens, well, I'll just uh, say this, if I may, that really the most beautiful response I've gotten to the book thus far, which has only been out a few months, um, was from an email from a woman who told me that she and her husband are reading the book together and they're having conversations now in a way they've never had before in their marriage. And that's everything you hope for.
0: Wow. Yeah. I would imagine so, you know, because it really does highlight that individual spiritual experience Mm -hmm and in a way that would, I would hope, yeah, open up those conversations. And I think a lot of times we don't always feel comfortable to be vulnerable in that way, even with our spouse. And so it's a nice way to give people permission to do that.
1: Well, uh, if, if people do read the book, it's only halfway through that Mark finally gets up the courage to speak with Anne openly about these kinds of struggles. And then something new happens in their mutual spiritual lives and marriage at that point. But yeah, it's, it's a, it's crossing a threshold, but what Ignatius does is to supply something without which that kind of conversation with the best will in the world can't ever happen. And that is if we don't even have a vocabulary for this kind of experience. So we've used words like spiritual consolation and spiritual desolation, which Ignatius gives us, which really enable us to understand an enormous uh, amount of otherwise very confusing and disparate experience. Now now we have a way to name it and to understand it. And then we have very practical tools for dealing with it. Once uh, a husband and a wife, either individually and even better, both acquire that vocabulary and those tools now they can speak, it'll be a lot easier for them to speak because they they have a weight, they, they have a a vocabulary for the conversation, which mutually uh, will be understandable. And um, they'll they'll experience the fruitfulness of it in a way that uh, please God will make them want to continue to do that. And I've seen this many times in marriages. It's a beautiful thing when you see it.
0: Um, Are there any specific scenarios that you hope couples use discernment of spirits for? Or just, I I guess, an overall daily life is what I'm hearing you say.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's for daily use. Uh, Every day we have an experience on this level. Some days are just happy days, warm with God's closeness. And other days are more discouraging. And sometimes you have alterations within a single day. Uh, of these two things. So this is for every, that's why it's so important and so valuable, because it's not, with all great, great reverence, uh, St. Teresa of Avila or John of the Cross having mystical experiences in a way that we can admire, but which feel remote. This is Mark at 10 o'clock at his desk at the end of a discouraging day. This is Anne after she's dropped the children off at school and wondering about a time of prayer when she's discouraged and getting back after lunch when the children are still at school and Mark is not home yet, after a difficult day. In the book, she is a special ed teacher and she's had a really hard day. And she can make good or bad decisions. Should I call my friend Sally and we'll get into gossip that's not good, or should I pick up my Bible? You know, it, it's this um, this kind of daily, the stuff of everyday life. And Ignatius' teaching, in its brevity and clarity and usability, gives us a read on this. So. Are there special circumstances? Yes. But even more, I would say it's every day.
0: Yeah. And I love the idea of being able to help each other through that as a couple. So if somebody were to share, you know, I am I feel like I'm in desolation right now. That's an opportunity for the spouse to encourage them and, you know, either provide some um i am forgetting the correct term, the human level consolation, you know, okay, let me get you a bowl of ice cream or something. (laughs) Um, or, you know, let me give you your space and remind you, remember what you had committed to before, you know, how about you go do that rosary while I watch the kids or something. Um, so I feel like that's a nice opportunity as well.
1: Yeah, that's really, really well exemplified. And what, what we're really talking about here, if we want to, um, Translate this into the rules is Ignatius 13, 13th guideline or rule in which he says, when you feel the burdens of the evil one of the enemy, temptations, desolations and so on, don't remain alone with it, but find the right person and talk about it. And really only in marriage do you have this kind of way of being accompanied. It's a beautiful thing that is found only in marriage, not even in priesthood or religious life. There's community life and so on, but the spousal relation that is um, that holds only in marriage provides um, really a wonderful way not to be alone. If husbands and wives can get to the point, and there are husbands and wives who live this way, in which one can say, uh, you know, I'm feeling kind of desolate today, <laughs> all right, the bowl of ice cream or the prayer rosary or whatever it is, um, that makes all the difference. In my own different vocation as a priest, I'll never forget one time when I'd been in desolation for probably about three or four days, and uh, I had dinner one evening in the midst of that with a priest friend, and he wasn't trying to be my spiritual director or anything, but uh, I was just sharing, as friends do, you know, what, uh, and he just said one sentence, um, which I've never forgotten. He just said, gee, it sounds like you're in desolation. That ended the whole thing for me because now I understood it and he was right. That's what it was. And then I could start using these tools that Ignatius gives us. Now, if husbands and wives can start to do this for each other or grow in doing this, they're not trying to be each other's spiritual directors. That's formal training and all the rest of that. But spouses, um, companions, friends um, who walk together in the Lord, then that's really beautiful. I remember, as I'm saying this, uh, meeting a couple who told me that uh, for 17 years, they they ended their day this way. They'd finally get sleepy, but uh, they would end the day with some minutes of mutual sharing on this spiritual level of their spiritual experience in the day, which is a really beautiful thing. And the benefits of that for their marriage is so many things they would talk through and so forth. You know.
0: Wow, I love that. Are there any prerequisites, if you will, for being able to practice discernment of spirits? Do couples need to have read anything else first, um, or is this something you feel like people could just jump into?
1: The prerequisite of discernment, practicing discernment as for everything in our Christian life is a life of faith and union with the Lord nourished by prayer. So discernment is not the first thing in the spiritual life. Discernment comes alive when there is a living relationship with the Lord Jesus. And that's nourished in uh, in ways appropriate to each vocation by some form of daily prayer. So this is a person, and probably anybody listening to us speaking now is going to fit this um, image, a person of faith who sincerely seeks to love the Lord and does have some kind of daily relationship with the Lord through some form of prayer anybody who's living that is going to experience the ups and downs. And so you're ready for this teaching of Ignatius in terms of, you know, prerequisites in terms of reading things. uh, This book is written in such a way that you can start with it. You don't need to read anything else before you read this at the end of the book. I do have a list of resources if a person wants to continue and pursue this further, but you can begin right with this book. And, uh, If you want me, I can mention I have a series of podcasts on this and so forth. They have a lot of resources. Well, let me just mention that because for many people, there is a a website called discerninghearts.com. And there is a corresponding Discerning Hearts app. And these are free resources. Uh, Excellent um, source of nourishment for the Catholic uh, spiritual life. And if you go on that under my name, you'll, you'll find... number of series, and one of them is entitled uh, The Discernment of Spirits. And that, I think it's 16 half hour podcast, which will take you through the rules. And it's a very accessible way to get into it while you're driving or exercising or getting a meal or or any way uh, that you want to. So I'd say the, the, the basic thing is the relationship with the Lord. And then I think these are very accessible avenues for breaking open the teaching. And then you can start to apply it.
0: I love it. Yeah. And I, I would agree. I think this, at least that would have been my recommendation is I think the book is so approachable in the language. And so I do think anyone, like you said, who's already has a relationship with the Lord can just jump in with that book and they'll find it so clear and so helpful. So
1: um, I'm glad you said that. (laughs) It's short and you know, I've always loved stories and uh, this is a story. So, um, I know I'm much more likely to read a book when there's a story in it than one that's, uh, you know, a little more work to get through. So this book, hopefully um, with that approach makes it very accessible.
0: Right. Exactly. What type of prayer life do you think a married couple could foster? Um, yeah. How, how would they do that with Sister of Spirits?
1: Well, that's going to depend on the circumstances of the married couple, which are very different, for example, when there are very young children and then in retirement age and so forth, conditions of health, demands of work and and so forth. So we need to reverence all of those and people can filter their own individual prayer life through those circumstances, which are part of God's providence in, in their lives. I think the basic principle is that we all need a daily life of prayer. Um, Please God, Sunday Mass is a firm part of our, of our uh, Catholic life, but we need a daily life of prayer in a way that fits. I'll just give one example. Um, well, I'll give two. If I think of my own parents, now, now with the Lord, they uh, said the rosary together uh, every day of their married life, apart if they had to for reasons of work or, or whatever, and um, went to daily mass uh, as they were able. It was easier for my dad on his lunch hour. And when the children were grown enough, then my mom would go to daily mass in the evening. So the rosary and daily mass were uh, a firm part of their life. They would, Both of them did spiritual reading. My mom had a Bible by her bedstead. She'd read a psalm every night. Uh, and they had various spiritual readings that they would do. And then the, the practices in the family, things like the Advent wreath at Christmas or at, uh, during Advent, uh, prayers that we would say together and those sorts of things. Um, the second example is, this is a mother of four children and it's actually a letter of spiritual direction by the priest that founded our community and got me onto all these Ignatian things, a Venerable Bruno Lanteri. Mm. So he says to her, this busy um, mother and wife with four children, Can you find, um, well, try to get to Mass as often as you can during the week. It's not always going to be possible, but if it is possible for you. So that's the first thing. The closer we can get to the Eucharist, the better. And that's Mm. all the more important in the time in which we live. Then secondly, he asks her to try to find 15 minutes every day for some form of meditation, which might be the rosary. Uh, It might be part of the Liturgy of the Hours it might be this much loved practice of Lectio Divina, this sacred reading of the Bible, something like perhaps also Ignatian meditation or imaginative contemplation. There's so many ways of doing this, but he invites her to try to find 15 minutes every day to be nourished by prayerful reflection on our faith in the word of God. I doubt there's any one of us who couldn't find 15 minutes a day, maybe not an hour, but 15 minutes. And, you know, in some ways, it's easier now than it ever was because we have digital electronic resources that were never there before. You could be listening to uh, a podcast of the Liturgy of the Hours when you're driving to work, you know, or doing the laundry or preparing a meal. There's so many ways of doing this now. Then he asks her to try to do one page of spiritual reading every day. Not an hour, but one page. And I doubt there's any one of us who couldn't read one page of a book uh, a day or it's digital or vi- you know, visual or audio equivalent. Um, what's coming to mind as I say this, when I have breakfast on my own some days because of my schedule, at present, I'm listening to one of the works of St. Francis de Sales while I do that, you know, five, seven minutes as you prepare it. And it's just encouraging and nourishing. It's like spiritual food, you know, at the start of the day. And then he asks her to try to make an examination of conscience in the latter part of the day, which he says to her, you can do if you don't have another time while your hands are busy, maybe in the kitchen or in one way or another, but your mind could be free. So that's just one example of, you know, when, when I posted that once at the beginning of Lent and the responses all came down to that's doable. So what we need to do is choose solid practices, choose a doable, uh, sustainable amount of time, and then try to be faithful to it. And if we're doing that, then we're going to have the um, living, growing relationship with the Lord that is the basis of all discernment.
0: Yeah, I love, I love that. I know I rely a lot on podcasts when I'm driving. I look forward to driving alone in the car for podcast time or um, you know, maybe even some silence, whatever it might be. Um, so I, I love that, and yes, we we definitely, if we're really being honest, we can find 15, 15 minutes here or there. <laughs> um, what about parents with their children? Um, do you think parents can use discernment spirits with their children? Would you recommend it um, for? Well, I'll just ask the other question later. But yeah, what would you what would you say to parents using it with children?
1: Yes, I'd say very much so because anyone of any age who has this relationship uh, uh, with the Lord Jesus and is praying and living it in some way appropriately, you know, according to age. Uh, But anybody who has a living relationship with the Lord Jesus is experiencing these ups and downs. What changes is not the content of the discernment, but the pedagogy. And that is to find the right way to present this, whether it's a teenager or elementary school age. In fact, um, we're at a stage right now as these rules, really, there's been an explosion of spreading of these rules. You know, what we're doing right now is one more example, but this is happening all over the place in a wonderful way. We've reached a stage where people are beginning to create ways of sharing this teaching with younger younger groups, you know, wow. young adults and uh, even younger children. Right now we're in the process, probably be a few months away yet, but um, of creating with the wonderful group back in Maryland, the Blaze Family Ministries, a presentation, a video presentation of these rules for teenage uh, children to be used with their parents. And I think we're gonna see more initiatives like this. So parents are the, the best teachers of their children, And if they themselves can get a hold of this teaching, then they'll know best how to share it with their children. So just to give one simple example, Ignatius Classic Rule 5, the one that nobody ever forgets, uh, eight words, in time of desolation, never make a change. You plan to pray at that time, you're in desolation, don't change it. You plan to go to confession on Saturday at 4 discouragement at work struggles in the family maybe it's not maybe I should wait enough no you don't ever whatever you'd plan to do in your spiritual life don't ever change it in time of spiritual desolation now as a mother or father or both get a hold of that principle and are applying it in their lives they're going to see it in their children so the, the the child um maybe loves a certain sport and has signed up for it and is uh um, practicing and part of the team and then has a, a time of discouragement and just says i'm gonna quit this is all right rule five can come in there and it can enlighten a lot of experience that simple example uh is the reason for which whenever i teach the rules to groups inevitably parents approach me and ask me is there a way to share this with my children because they see all these applications So yes, absolutely. And the only question is to find the right pedagogy for sharing it in a way that's age appropriate.
0: Right. What about with um, dating or engaged couples? Um, So I guess they're using it in their daily life, but would there be a way that you would recommend them, I don't know, supporting one another or possibly not? Um, in discernment, if they're discerning, you know, marriage together or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, any special nuance for those people in that situation?
1: I guess I should say for all of this that the um, safety net and all of this for Ignatius, because he, none of us—the burden is not on all of us to be masters, you know, um, of this material. We're people who learn it, benefit from it. But we'll run into things that where it's hard for us to know how this or that uh, teaching of Ignatius applies in this. Set. And that's there's no shame in that. There's no surprise in that. The burden to be complete masters of this is not placed on our shoulders. Obviously, whatever we can learn and apply is going to be enormously helpful. That's the reason for books like this or conversations like we're having now. But Ignatius always presumes that in times when we don't see clearly, And especially if it's matters of importance that we have recourse to a person who does have a more formal uh, training and background and experience in this, probably somebody like a a spiritual director, you know, with whom we might be able to have at least a conversation in times when we need it. Um, But having said that, if the engaged couple or the, the, the young man and young woman who are dating and considering marriage and so forth, Again, if individually they know this teaching, and ideally both, um, then they have some wonderful tools to understand their own experience as they go through the inevitable ups and downs you know even of their uh, dating and and courting and so forth as they're pursuing the question of marriage. So I think the answer is that you could any quality any any category of people, any age group you know. That you want to raise the answer is always going to be yes, again, according to their specific uh, needs and situations.
0: Okay, you guys heard that. That is for anyone and everyone because Christ is for everyone. And so this is a great way, a great tool that St. Ignatius gives us and Father Gallagher in this digestible way to um, really pursue the spiritual life and be have some clarity around what might be happening internally for us. So anyone everywhere, no matter your state in life, get your hands on one of these books, um, married couples, get your hands on discernment of spirits and marriage, please. Um, and Lastly, Father, is there anything, I guess we've already covered this, but is there anything more you want to say to a couple who is excited, they're hearing this, they're like, yes, this is something I want and need in my life and in my relationship. Um, how, how would you walk them through? What would you recommend for them to get started with all this?
1: Well, I'd refer to the two things I mentioned earlier. So I would say um, probably this book is a pretty good starting place. I'm always a little embarrassed when I speak about my own books. But there, <laughs> there is a reason why I've written them and uh, this one in particular. So I think this, this new book, as I say, it's short, it's easily read. I, I think it is quite clear in presenting the teaching because you see it lived out. It's not reading a lot of abstract considerations. Um, I think that it's very likely to generate conversation between husbands and wives Uh, even if one reads it, and all the better if both do. So I think that's a very good starting point. And then the other would be the podcast that I mentioned on discerninghearts.com on the web or the Discerning Hearts app. And that series is uh, called The Discernment of Spirits. I think anybody who goes through that is going to come through this with a pretty solid, um, I'd say more than initial understanding of the rules. And what's going to happen is he and she are going to start Lots of light bulbs are going to start going off because he and she are, uh, they're both going to start seeing this in their own experience. You know, what people often say to me is um, when we go through the rules, I wish I had known this and you can supply the number of years, 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. And I always love that when I hear that, because what that's really saying is this is really sinking home. And it's 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 enlightened. It's showing me. I'm understanding now a lot of things that I didn't understand before. And I think there's a providence in that because um, without that kind of experience, the teaching would remain abstract. But when you start seeing your your own experience enlightened through it, then that's when it really hits home. So I would say that the the book that I've mentioned and the podcasts. And uh, if you want to go into this more formally, then there is the, the the complete book called The Discernment of Spirits, An Ignatian Guide for Everyday Living. But I'd say start with the other two.
0: Okay, sounds great. And I can vouch for the Discerning Hearts app. I recommend that to clients all the time uh, to get started and learn more about that. So I hear a lot of positive things from people who've listened to it. Um, Is there anything more you want to say, Father, before we wrap up? Thank you so much for for sharing your wisdom with us.
1: Well, one little memory, uh, or whatever you call it, that came to mind when you were um, commenting on the fact that this applies to all. I've been teaching this to groups now for probably about 35 years. And that's all different vocations, all different kinds of settings, some other countries as well. And uh, I I say this to groups, you know, when we talk about these ups and downs of consolation and desolation, I'll I'll say this to groups, you know, that I've been sharing this with groups for all these many years. Not one person has ever said to me, I don't know what you're talking about. Everybody does. Everybody does. Because Ignatius, what he's really doing, and this is why people get so excited about this teaching, he's revealing us to ourselves. He's not adding a thing to our spiritual lives. What he's doing is helping us oftentimes for the first time to start to understand what's always been happening. Mm. And once you understand it, a lot can change. You know, the classic saying that we are condemned to repeat what we do not know. But once you do know it, you're no longer condemned to repeat it. You can start making different choices about it. So uh, that just comes to mind. This, this is for all of us. Yep. Yeah.
0: That's beautiful. I love that so much. And where can people find you or get in contact with you if they want to invite you to come speak or learn more about your books, your writings?
1: I have a web page which is just FR for Father, frtimothygallagher.org. I'm also on Facebook.
0: Great. Thank you so much, Father. And if you wouldn't mind, will you close us with a prayer?
1: Sure. Heavenly Father, we lift up our hearts in gratitude for the richness of the spiritual tradition that nourishes us. We ask that you embrace with the infinite love in your heart all of your sons and daughters, all of those you have called to the married vocation and to all. And we ask for your intercession, St. Ignatius, to guide, enlighten, and bless us on the journey. Mary, we entrust to you these words, and we ask that you make them fruitful. Amen. Amen. And thank you for the wonderful work you're doing.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Father. It's um, wonderful to do it. So (laughs) thank you again.
1: You're very welcome.
0: If you have enjoyed this episode, you can find more Connecting Out Loud content on our Facebook and Instagram pages. As always, I appreciate each and every review. So if you can take some time to rate and review this show, I read each one and I love hearing from you. Be intentional and connect out loud.